0: To the Cloud Pod, where the forecast is always cloudy. We talk weekly about all things AWS, Google, and Azure. We are your hosts, Justin, Jonathan, and Peter. Episode
1: 17, recorded April 2nd, 2019. The Cloud Pod, now 100% open source. Happy Tuesday evening, guys. It's a lovely first Tuesday of April. And uh, it's a busy week headed into Google Next next week. But uh, first of all, as tradition, let's start with what we're drinking this evening. So I I've gone back to the Macallan, uh, as I have done here at the office. So it's uh, delicious and quite tasty on ice.
2: How about you, Peter? Uh, I'm I'm on uh, no alcohol today because I'm got a long drive ahead of me after this. So Pellegrino Aranciata. I guess oh, that's lovely, orange lovely. in Italian. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. My Italian's a little
1: weak. Uh, how about you, Jonathan?
0: I just have a nice, cool glass of ice water today.
1: Nice. How's your back?
0: Oh, the back's great. The the leg is a different question entirely. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's start with follow up as we like to do here on the show. So last week, uh, Jonathan, when you weren't here, we had Chris Short on, as you know from editing. Uh, and we talked a little bit about cube cuddle versus cube control or cube CTL. And, uh, it happens to be that Andy yay, who apparently used to be on the Kubernetes team, uh, admitted that he slipped into the release notes, uh, on Kubernetes 1.9, that the canonical pronunciation of cube CTL is cube control.
0: So makes I sense. Mean,
1: if it's in the release notes, it's gotta be the way it is. But I still, I'm still partial to cube CTL personally, but, uh, Maybe that's just my allegiance to the AMI camp.
0: When do you do copy and paste? Do you do uh do you do C T L C and CTL-V, or is it control C and Control V? And
1: it is control, it is control C control V, so that's mm. fair. <laughs> but, I'm
2: just uh, I don't I'm just uh I'm just glad I know every time now that I say cube cuddle that I'm saying it wrong. Yes. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'll let you continue to fight that fight. Uh, <laughs> but our next piece of follow-up. Um, so we talked a few times about um, you know, hardware in the data center and you know, particularly around soft layers um, situation that happened with... Uh, their out-of-band management card being compromised um, by a third party. And we talked about the time that was pretty difficult, but um, Google actually has released a blog post where they talk about what they do to mitigate risk in their hardware supply chain. And so they really break it down into several areas. But you know, first of all, they, they talk about leveraging custom-built hardware designed by Google um, I like the Titan chip um, and they go through a pretty rigorous vetting process for their vendors and they're audited regularly by Google to make sure their vendors are of the highest quality and, and doing the things they expect um, in their hardware manufacturing process. And then Google also tracks uh, location and status of all equipment within their data centers uh, via barcoding and they're tracked from acquisition all the way through destruction. And then they also have in their data center, apparently metal detectors and video surveillance um, is used regularly to ensure that no equipment leaves the data center without authorization prior. So. Um, overall, some really nice physical controls. And then they also talked about they're leveraging a cryptographic signature um, over low level components like BIOSes, bootloaders, kernels, and base OS images. Uh, and those signatures are actually being validated on every boot or update to their infrastructure. And they talk about this all in their very robust uh, defense in depth approach. This is a really fascinating article if you're into this kind of security stuff like I am. Um, it kind of gives you a good breakdown of what Google's doing to protect your compute assets. Um, that you're leveraging in their cloud. So really nice uh, update and something we talked about in the show here, so we thought we'd share it with you guys all.
0: Yeah, we'll post the link in the show notes on the website. Um, it's a really good article. I wish Amazon and uh, Microsoft would do the same thing for their own clouds, laying it all out there like this. Um, near the bottom of that article is uh, another link to how they uh, deal with encryption and authentication of network traffic between microservices, which is also really fascinating. So definitely worth digging into that.
2: Yeah, and I think my I think Amazon has some stuff similar in uh, a little bit more buried in some of the documentation on their site, and then um, I think they do a good job at presenting um, a more detailed picture, like under NDA. But these are all the reasons why I don't know why anybody would want to build their own data center anymore.
0: Yeah, I think Amazon tend to go for the compliance view on things. You know, you, you click on the uh, the site compliance. Link and it'll tell you what they do that meets SOC compliance. But this, I, I love the way Google have laid all this out in a very straightforward way.
1: All right, well, let's move on to main topics for tonight. So, first of all, we talked about last week uh, that at the summit, uh, Werner announced Now Go Build number two, which is uh, Singapore. And uh, I know we all three of us had a chance to watch that in the last week, and uh,
2: it's time to share some thoughts. So, let's, uh, let's start with you, Peter. Again, I was impressed with the production quality. Uh, it, was a, it was a pretty entertaining show. I didn't think I would be entertained. Um, watching a machine uh, make roti and uh, definitely entertained by that. But it was was pretty neat just thinking about how we're making kind of a big deal about the fact that this bread maker is connected to the internet and sends statistics back home. Um, It's going to be fun in 10 years to look back and when everything does this as sort of an MVP release.
1: Yeah. Definitely uh, was an interesting device. And uh, did you happen to take a look at how much that device costs here in the States? I did not. (laughs) It is a a very cool $1,000. You can own your own roadie maker at your house, which I, at one side I was like, "Wow, that's really expensive. But then I watched them make the roadie in the video and I was like, oh no, that's, that's super cheap.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: How about you, Jonathan? Um, I will admit I was not quite as engaged in this one as I was in the first episode, uh, it seemed like, uh, what is it, like 17, 18 minutes of talking about the bread maker. And I don't know. It just it didn't interest me that much.
1: So my take was, I'm like, I'm really glad we don't talk about IoT on the show. Because <laughs> I felt like the the video suffered from that problem. It's really hard to explain IoT in any way that makes sense to layman's people. Mm. Uh, and they did a good job. They uh, There was a couple of things that they made different from the first episode. The first episode had a lot more diagrams and a lot more trying to explain and in, in, you know an in infographic format and they did less of that this time around which was really great. Um, and overall I think, it, you know, I like to think It's a little bit shorter, at least it felt shorter. It didn't feel a little bit too long like the last one did. Um, you know it's still interesting i still like the production quality i think it's great and they had six months from you know reinvent to edit this one i guess but uh (laughs) hopefully they come out a little bit faster now that we're into summit season but you know overall i think it's a good second episode definitely not as good as the first i agree with you on that jonathan but um, it was something i didn't know about something i would not have known about before and you know even my wife thought it was pretty interesting so um she had similar thoughts as i did that it was nice and short and to the point and we got a good idea but uh, I, I don't think I, I still don't think at a thousand dollars. We don't eat a lot of rotis in the house. I don't think we'll buy one. But uh, if we did, we would be all over this.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just the start though, right? Today it's rotis. Next week it's going to be uh, something else. In a year's time it'll be hamburgers and fries, and nobody will work at the McDonald's anymore. And uh, you know it's it's autom- it's just further automation, more people out of jobs.
1: But um, well, you get into this situation though, where if a device gets too specialized, right, like it, it loses its appeals. And I think Alton Brown talks about this a lot in his shows about unitasker versus multitaskers. And so, you know, it was nice to see that they were talking about you know going into pizzas and going into other flatbread products. Um, and they talk about that on their website as well. If you mm-hmm. look into it, um, but you know, if <laughs> if it gets to the point where it's a hot dog maker, right, where you put the bun and the hot dog into the maker <laughs> and you cook it like a micro like a toaster oven. Uh, that's a pretty very single use case product. That so you, you, I don't know if that will get to that level, but you know we'll see.
0: It's coming. My prediction: five years time, half of McDonald's will be automated.
1: I know. I know. I was at a McDonald's not long ago, and I used their digital order screen, which was really nice because I didn't talk to a human. As my introverted self likes to not <laughs> talk to people. Uh, so it's nice, but uh, you, know, you do also kind of wish that you're talking to a person as you're trying to like, well, I want to remove mayonnaise from the sandwich and you're like three clicks into a menu that you don't understand. And <laughs> they're, it's coming, but it's not quite there yet. So but
2: That's you, funny. You I, should, have you used the Panera one? uh
1: yeah actually my former life we designed the panera app oh awesome (laughs) so i have a lot of intimate knowledge of the panera app that i can't really talk about well can (laughs) i just say
2: that i love it because i use it at work all the time and i can't believe how easy it is to get my order in customize my order by the time i walk over there it's sitting on a shelf waiting for me it's incredible
1: (laughs) yeah it's pretty impressive and the in-store ordering is actually really good too um both of
0: those i i know people who had a direct hand in so yeah Hey everyone, Jonathan here. I just wanted to take a minute to thank the cloud consulting gurus at Foghorn for helping make the Cloud Pod possible. These folks truly get it. Cloud consulting experts since 2008, they are premier-tier partners with AWS, Google Cloud Platform Silver, and Microsoft Azure partners. From multi-cloud to containers to moving full production workloads to the cloud, under the tightest compliance, Foghorn's team of full-stack cloud engineers have been there, done that, gotten the t-shirt, and are ready to share their experience with you. If you're in the market for some talent to supplement your team, Visit www.fogops.io slash the cloud pod. www.fogops.io slash the cloud pod. Foghorn, the promise of cloud delivered.
1: Well, let's move along to our next item. So Channel 9, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with Channel 9, but this is Microsoft's um, online video chat service series that they do for developers. Um, they have now launched a global Azure uh, Bootcamp. This is a free one-day event uh, that will be taking place globally, uh, so you'll be able to find local event locations where you can go join this pro- this event, uh, and it will be on Saturday, April 27th, uh, 2019. Uh, and they will be starting it in New Zealand, and they will be finishing it in Hawaii. So it is a truly global event, and you can find an Azure Bootcamp location on the website today uh, to go sign up and join this global
0: event. Mm. That sounds good. I might check that out.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. There's one close by. I might stop in and say hello and see what it's all about because it sounds like fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you'll have a better luck finding one than uh, we will because you're in the city. I bet there'll be several in San Francisco.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, our team is so dispersed now that um, our engineers can look locally for and potentially, uh, yeah, end up at the same, working on the same event in different locations. Just Foghorn. That'd be kind of cool.
1: Nice. Azure has announced a preview of data discovery and classification for Azure SQL data warehouse. Um, This is a new feature for data warehousing to identify uh, PII or sensitive data uh, and basically uh, allow you to track it, who's accessed it, how it's being used, is it on hardened systems and alert you when anonymous access to this data is happening. And so this is all fronted to you in the Azure portal. Uh, and the engine for the DDNC or the data discovery and classification engine uh, includes that auto discovery and that reporting dashboard all built in on the product. So that's really a nice uh, enhancement if you're really worried about sensitive PII data in your system.
0: Mm, that's cool. I wonder if that extended to uh, to become like a data loss prevention product as well.
2: Ooh. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and this, this is yeah, because the same same kind of rules, right, that you yeah. want to be able to write same policies. Yeah, well, if I know that this is sensitive data, I would want
1: them to then be able to potentially block an unauthorized user from accessing the data or exfilling that data from my system.
0: seems like this is a great solution for people who have got, already got a bunch of data who didn't think about privacy to begin with, and now this, this will go in and, and uh, tell them what they've got and where it is so they can secure it. It's uh, retroactively implementing security.
2: Yeah. Also, when I mean, you look at companies who, do like, um, who have lots of different users um, of systems like a data warehouse it's really tough to make sure that everybody's trained up and you might not even in, you might, you might have a policy that says, you know, this specific data warehouse is not for that sensitive data and people might be uploading stuff anyway. So that's a great, I think it's a great way to, um, democratize services like this and still have some oversight to make sure people are using them correctly.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the problems we've had in some of our applications is you, you give somebody a free text field and they can type whatever they like in there and you get people, people, uh, you know, you, you just have a, field that you don't imagine personal information is going to end up in and so you'll paste a social security number in there or a birth date or something else that shouldn't really be there yeah and um and yeah so this this is a a awesome solution to to finding stuff that doesn't belong in places
1: you know it's something that i wish amazon would do as well macy was a great start but you know macy just handles s3 and we need more than that so definitely looking forward to seeing more developments in this space
0: yeah i'm surprised they didn't call that um hipaa in this Um, gdpr i get but this, this is perfect for healthcare applications as well.
1: Uh, I don't know if the data warehouse is HIPAA compliant, so maybe that's why it's not mentioned, ah. but uh, something to look into. Yeah. Uh, Azure Search uh, has new storage optimized service tiers now in preview. So Azure Search is an AI-powered cloud search service for modern mobile and web app development. Uh, It's the only search apparently built with AI capabilities built in that enrich all types of information to easily identify and explore relevant content at scale. Uh, The new preview is for two new service tiers, so this is a a higher level performance. Uh, The L series tier, as they call it, uh, allows you more storage at higher performance with reduced cost per terabyte when compared to their standard
2: tiers. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. (laughs) I don't write apps that use search (laughs) engines. Basically, their
1: answer to Elasticsearch, It makes sense. Amazon uh, Partner Network, if you're an Amazon partner you're very familiar with this, uh, has their new changes in effect uh, as of April 1st. Uh, they last changed their requirements over three years ago, and for the layman's people, uh, the big items are is that the standard tier partners are now known as select tier partners, um, which apparently is one word that means nothing to another word that means nothing to most people, but uh, the apparently the standard tier was causing some confusion in the market. Uh, they have added some new structured benefits for partners related to how they go to market with a partner, the partner knowledge required the experience and customer success uh, and they have actually instead of moving away from they're actually moving away from influence spend or direct spend influence to more launched opportunities uh, as the new measurement criteria which is really nice uh, because as a partner you typically would end up you know trying to close new logos or new accounts because that would bring you new influence spend or new direct spend. Um, But it didn't really recognize you for doing multiple projects with the same customer. And so um, this new launch opportunities can be for the same logo or same account. Uh, And as long as they're, you know, separate projects and opportunities that you kicked off and completed, you get credit for them in the new partner network. So nice improvements. Uh, Definitely something I know the partners have wanted as a former premier partner myself. Uh, I know these were areas that I was sometimes frustrated
2: with. Uh, I'm very glad to see lots of improvements. Yeah, uh, and I was just... uh... We had just reached our premier uh, status this summer. So looking at these uh, new uh, requirements, I think it's it's good that they stepped it up a little bit to make sure that they continue to uh, sort of identify, uh, let the cream rise to the top, identify the, the partners who have more commitment, more expertise uh, on their platform. I
1: was actually surprised they didn't create a new tier above premier. I sort of thought they're getting a lot of premier partners now which is great and and something you start to see maturing of the market but you know do you start looking at them separating the premiere from the super premieres in the future but um, not this year maybe in the future we'll see but uh, the requirements to stay premier though are much much higher now so it used to be you had to have eight professional certification uh, people i believe and now it's it's uh, higher than that but it can be a combination of specialty certifications as well as professional certifications which is nice but uh, the number's higher
2: Yeah, well, and before it was just pure number of certs, and uh, as a as one of the smaller premier partners, um, all our guys have like five certs, so it made it super easy to reach the total number of certs. And now it's now it's two individuals, so you can have one or five; you just count as one. (laughs) That's too bad. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's it's pretty difficult sometimes with the um, when they weren't referenceable customers, because you know we do a lot of work for the people. uh, who don't go public about the way their systems work and or don't want to um, don't want to be a, a reference customer so oh especially the, security a, yeah right so publicly referenceable customers is is kind of awkward although they only require two of those but it's interesting that they've added uh, customer satisfaction as a metric as well you gotta have five good customer responses.
1: <laughs> well, and it's, it's interesting that they want that customer satisfaction to actually go through the partner portal. So if your partners are starting to ask you to give reviews through the partner portal, it's it's tied to all of these changes to the APN. But um, it, you know, I, I don't know that I would trust the partner portal review ratings more than I would a true CSAT survey. But yeah, you know, they're trying to democratize it, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Amazon DynamoDB has a price drop this week. Uh, the price drop is a little bit different. It's actually been done by eliminating the associated charges for global tables uh, for that were incurred by Dyna- DynamoDB streams. And so if you're using a global table from Dynamo, um, you had to configure these DynamoDB streams that stream the data to the different regions that you have configured in the global table. Um, you used to have to pay for this, uh, and that pricing has now been eliminated. So you no longer have to pay for a DynamoDB stream going to a global table. Um, you do still have to pay for them, though, if you're using it in your own application. If you have your own, uh, you know, Kafka cluster or your own thing that's kind of reading off of a DynamoDB um, stream, you'll stay, still pay for those. But uh, if it's going for global tables, it's now free.
0: Hmm. So presumably, you still pay for the actual bandit used for the data shipped, but just not the the stream facility itself. Correct. Right. Huh. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah,
1: and global tables is pretty nice. It, you know, it's a fully managed, multi-region, multi-master database, uh, very similar to something like Spanner from Google. Um, And you know, so this is definitely something you want to do But it was a bit of an anti-pattern because you would end up incurring these huge costs if your dynamo global table was very active uh, Because of these streams and in addition to the bandwidth you're already paying. So it's a nice price reduction Uh, It's a little bit of a a weird Nomenclature they use to describe this one, but yeah overall I like price cuts. Yeah, Uh, So moving on to GCP. Uh, Scale-out storage has now been introduced with the new Elastifile cloud file service for GCP. Uh, As they talk about in the article, file storage is needed for traditional applications and achieving the high throughput and performance of compute-heavy workloads like rendering movies or electronic design automation. This Elastifile offering, Elastifile is its own company. This is is a partnership, but it is fully managed uh, through the Google Cloud portal. So it's a fully managed enterprise file service. Uh, And this deepens the relationship between both Elastifile and GCP. Um, All the billing is done through the GCP marketplace, uh, and you can scale up to multiple petabytes of storage to pay-as-you-go pricing. Uh, They also have the ability to tier data between the file system and object storage, which could eventually save you some big money. And it's a great solution for Kubernetes persistent storage or data resilience for your uh, preemptible VMs.
0: Yeah, the tin storage is definitely competing with NetApp now. Um, but I don't know. It's a managed NFS, so it's, I'm not that excited.
2: <laughs> is it managed on top of GCP resources, or are they doing something different?
1: I believe what happens is that this file system gets attached to your VPC inside your your project. Um, and so once you have, declared the project in Google and you attach this to it, you know, have the storage available to you as a simple, you know, NFS mount point. Um, it's completely managed by File as a managed service though. So you don't worry about, you know, adding disks to handle throughput capacity or just paying for the gigabytes of storage used at the, at the three different performance tiers.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, the, the thing is it doesn't sound cloud native to me. It sounds like something on top of GCP native services. So I think the management aspect is super valuable. Um, It just doesn't seem cloud native well this is
1: you know this this is the way that both azure and google have kind of gone to market you know amazon has very much had a we're going to build this product natively into the cloud and we're going to have it available to you versus azure and and gcp have partnered with people like netapp to provide similar services that amazon already had and that helped them get to market much faster i don't know long term if you start seeing gcp say you know we're going to have our own native offering or if they're always going to support the partner network and that's still tb determined uh, yep. at this time point in time but it is a different interesting way to get to market much faster because you know if they're trying to build out an entire amazon competitive product you know they're they're four years later than amazon so that's four years they had to catch up on and anything they can do to accelerate uh market share i think is a win for them
2: yeah for sure just having having something uh, just enables migrations whereas if you have nothing it's a It could be a total blocker. And file systems are always the hardest thing to move.
1: And then our final news story this week, Chef has announced they're going 100% open source. Uh, So (laughs) Chef used to be open core model, which is uh, basically an open source uh, core capabilities, but there was a bunch of proprietary features you would pay for from Chef, particularly around security and enterprise type features. Uh, They've now made that all open source and available. And if you would like to make your own distribution of any of that code, you can now do so uh, without having to pay... Uh, Chef directly. Uh, but they do feel overall this is still a good move for them. All of their Chef commercial offerings will be built from the same open source code now. Uh, and their chief product officer, Corey Scoby said they believe that making it open is the best way to build software that works for people. Becoming, It becomes increasingly difficult for Chef to explain which parts of the software are open source and which are not. <laughs> um, so this is a really interesting uh, change of pace from what we see with redis and elastico and mongo etc who are going the opposite direction trying to become more closed and more
0: more insular they rewrote chef in erlang so they're probably desperate for people to come and work on their on their product
1: <laughs> well the chef itself is not erlang but the, all the back-end <laughs> services definitely are so <laughs> that is a uh. bit of a challenge
0: no this is this is great news
2: this yeah. this to me is like when i can't remember the lawsuit i think it was nfl they're Players Union decertified and sued over becoming free agents, and it just opened up free agency and changed the NFL. Um, That's what this feels like. It feels like the first first big shoe to drop in um, what could really change the whole monetizing open source um, business models in the future.
1: Adam Jacobs, who's on their board and is a founder of Chef, uh, but he's not working there day to day anymore. He said, uh, it turns out that pro- the product that was what mattered in the first place said they continue to produce great enterprise software for their customers and their customers continue to be happy and continue to buy it, which is what they always would have done. He also noted that he doesn't think Amazon Web Services will ever be a- be better at running Elasticsearch than Elastic, or for that matter, at running Chef better than Chef can run it. So, you know, he's, he's going on saying, let the best man win. We think we can run it better than you can. Amazon, you're going to be too distracted to run this service at the best way possible. And so, you know, we can always do a better job because we're hyper-focused on one thing. So, you know, overall, I'm I'm curious to see if anyone reacts to this and if anyone follows suit with Chef really quickly. Um, But definitely another wrinkle in these continuing open source uh, battles of today.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, if you look at the, the, like, so Chef is going to charge some amount of money either for their, say, for their managed offering. Uh, the, the amount of resource required to run Chef infrastructure versus the value they add is very small. The resource is a very small percentage of the value add, where when you look at something like Elasticsearch or um, another product that needs massive amounts of infrastructure behind it, and then you look at the, those companies' ability to um, you know c- consume that cost and put a margin on top of it, I think it's going to be a lot harder for other services to do this or other other open source projects to do this than it is for chef I think it's easiest for chef
1: we'll see what happens in the next few weeks here but uh, next week a big events happening Google Next is coming up next week and so as we promised we will be doing a prediction draft uh, and so how this works is uh, prior to the show the three of us rolled the dice to see who would go first and uh, Jonathan has the first draft pick followed by myself and Peter Uh, So each of us will pick three things that we believe will happen or be announced or talked about at Google next, next week. And so basically uh, after each item is taken off the board, it will be off the board and can't be picked by someone else. So if Jonathan picks, they're gonna say the word Google on stage, then uh, I can't pick that as my first round pick. And so we'll go through first round, we each pick one item and then we'll repeat for second and then third round. Uh, we, for every one of these you get right, you get one point. And if we have a tie, uh, we will let Ryan Lucas, our good friend, uh, be the tiebreaker for this. So any questions before we get started? I didn't do my homework correctly,
2: but that's okay. I'll follow well, we'll your see lead. How it goes. <laughs> I've got I've got a few product things, but
1: yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would hope that your yours is not as low as low bar as he's the Google. I don't think technically we would allow that to be. Okay, also, good. anything anything that was announced, uh, you know, is already well known in the marketplace or been talked about as a high level, we will not be allowed in the draft. Okay. So we'll see if any of those come up, but I don't, I don't think that will happen. So, right. Jonathan. With that being said, you are the first pick, and you are on the board.
0: Okay. I believe next week Google will announce a blockchain as a service. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Good call. Nice. Good call. I'm jealous of that one. I didn't come up with it myself, but I'd like your, I like your pick here.
0: Justin, you're next.
1: Yeah. So my first one is I expect them to make a major announcement regarding Google spanner, either in features or capabilities.
2: Ooh. Mm. All right. I'm going with a major announcement around GKE features. And since I can't just say that, I'm gonna say uh, monitoring integration, which I'd imagine would be Stackdriver, but.
0: That is very specific. Yeah.
1: Stackdriver is not already supported by GKE? I don't think um, for container metrics. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Jonathan, that puts
0: you back on the board. Okay. Google will announce a new messaging system
1: uh like a kafka type service or are you thinking about messaging like i am sorry? yeah yeah and
0: instant messaging consumer messaging system
1: i don't know that that would be at the cloud event but yeah we'll see maybe ah, we never know
0: they've announced David, David some weird stuff at next would, would we count
1: that as a chat ops as well potentially
0: i was thinking um collaboration tools honestly i was thinking you know just like microsoft have gone into the uh the dev tools space i think google will probably expand their footprints into it so I, Ooh, think, are, you, are you
1: trying to call out a Slack com- a Slack competitor?
0: Well, you know, they didn't buy Slack. I was really hoping. Although no, it just...
1: you, still, you still have time on that prediction, but I see, <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> I'll
0: right. say collaboration tools.
1: All right, we'll go with collaboration tools. That, that seems fair. All right, my uh, my number two pick is I expect uh, Thomas Kurian, the new CEO of Google, to be all about the enterprise. We are going to see enterprise mentioned on stage at least four times by either Thomas or his associated co-presenters on stage. Enterprise is going to be the theme everywhere. Hmm. Sounds good. Peter, that puts you on the board.
2: I, uh, I'm going to stick with my, uh, my product focus and say, we're going to see a really cool deployment offering, AKA managed Spinnaker.
0: Ooh.
1: Manage DevOps deployment option, Mike Spinnaker. All right. Okay. Jonathan, that puts you on for your third pick. Okay,
0: my third and final pick. Uh, announced support for additional Cloud Functions runtimes. Right now it's pretty limited.
1: I was on my list, but not my number three. So I'm glad you took that now. <laughs> New languages for functions. Perfect. Uh, my number three is announcement of a Google SIM product.
2: Ooh, nice. It's like, no brainer. Yeah, they no really brainer
1: need that. It's, everything coming up to this point has been about centralized security, but no one has SIM capabilities. I think Google's gonna do it first, so we'll see.
0: Let's hope so, it'll be cool.
2: All right, Peter, your third. How about hybrid service mesh?
1: Ooh, like a Envoy type product? Yes. Don't they own Istio though, technically?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: And they already announced the Istio as a is, it, is it hybrid though.
2: Is it, um, well, I guess is it it's a hybrid. That's,
1: Kubernetes. I guess it's only on, yeah, it's only on, on cloud. So that's probably uh, Istio like for hybrid cloud. All right, cool. Well, those are, I think those are all really great recommendations and I was surprised we didn't step over each other on a couple of these, any, um, any that you guys had in your list that you felt, uh, you know, it didn't make your number one list, but, uh, were something you had as a backup plan that you want to mention. You, you won't get any points for it, but I'll, I'll give you credit next week.
0: I, I was thinking they were going to announce um, CPU support.
1: Oh, yeah, they haven't. They, they have not done ARM yet. They haven't.
0: They're, they're, they're all in on Intel right now, so. Or know. maybe
2: AMD even. Mm. How about yeah. Microsoft SQL as a platform, uh, supported platform on Cloud SQL? Mm. Interesting. I um,
1: actually had on my list... Uh better support for .NET and windows in general cool. Um, I felt that was an area that they sort of are lacking Um, I also had maybe a major acquisition, you know, there was a, when I was doing my research There was some talk about you know, does thomas do a big acquisition of somebody like snow or splunk? Um, I don't think it'd be that big that'd be massive acquisition But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a, a smaller acquisition that would build out uh, Some of their devops tooling or something that they announced next week So I, I do see maybe an acquisition in our future uh another one was uh i expect them to hype the stedia gaming thing as well uh, but as i was previously announced it would not be eligible for the draft but i do expect it to end up on stage
0: hmm. okay
1: that's gonna be interesting better microsoft support is definitely i think in the cards because i think that's an area they will need to adopt and get better play for enterprise which goes back to my my second choice so all right well that's hmm. fantastic so we'll see how we do next week and maybe we'll all lose but uh i know i will be there i don't know jonathan i think you might be there as well uh are you going to be there peter i'm not i'm in
2: kansas city Uh, otherwise i would be there
1: yep nice are you going to go do any fun sporting events while you're in kansas city
2: i don't think so i don't think so if the weather is nice maybe i'll try to sneak out and golf but otherwise nice Nice. yeah
1: okay that's a different type of sport you know
2: kind of a sport yeah it's our long long long-standing argument is that a sport or is that a game i
0: love it (laughs) i think it's an excuse to get away (laughs)
1: For you, the listeners of the CloudPod Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook downloaded with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash the cloud pod. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the cloud pod for your free audiobook. Well, let's move on to the lightning round then, Peter.
2: Okay, here we go. Lightning round. Uh, first up. AWS Firewall Manager now supports AWS Shield Advanced.
1: Why couldn't they make Shield be the name of the firewall manager and then just call it Amazon DDoS? Like, it would make more sense in the market, don't you think? Like Shield, then it, it covers all these things versus the other way around.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. The product announcements just get weirder and weirder.
2: Amazon Comprehend now supports AWS KMS Encryption.
1: Yay! I guess I mean encrypt everything everywhere, as Warner's shirt said.
2: I don't understand this one.
1: Well, I mean, are you not able to comprehend?
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Presumably,
0: this is so they can we can start using Comprehend to uh, do language processing on like healthcare stuff, just like Microsoft announced the uh, the the bot service, you know, for, for for healthcare bots or whatever last last week.
2: Amazon Aurora with Postgres now supports logical replication.
0: On paper, this is
1: seems strange because the whole point of Aurora is to handle the replication for you. But then if you look at this a little bit further, you realize, oh, this is replicating to other Postgres compatible data stores or DMS. Um, so I guess, yay? But uh, once you're in Aurora, just, just stay in Aurora.
2: Yeah, it, once you have to do migrations, uh, all of a sudden you're like, yes, we need this, please we went through migrations recently and you're just stuck with dumps and, and loads and it's painful. Next up, Amazon API Gateway improves API publishing and adds developer portal features. I'm hey. so glad they found Swagger. <laughs> <laughs> AWS EC2 now lets you pick the time for scheduled events.
0: I choose never to have hard like a damn please.
1: But I mean, didn't you already sort of have the time? Because they would just tell you, you know, you have thirty days to make this happen, or we're doing it for you. So you you could have picked any time up to those thirty days. It's a little weird.
2: If you weren't if you weren't picking the time in the first place, what were they? How were they scheduled events? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they were scheduled because they were eventually
1: going to force you to do it, but you just you had the choice to do it before that. But now you can schedule their schedule the schedule.
2: I, I guess. so. <laughs> Um, awesome. Uh, Amazon transcribe enhances custom vocabulary with custom pronunciations and display forms.
0: I wonder if it can pronounce as you (laughs) properly.
2: Excellent. (laughs) Well, but it's, it's transcribing.
1: So I just had to be able to read it properly. So, but I I was wondering if it would be able to handle your British
2: accent now properly. I just hope it does Greek last names. Jeez. (laughs) You should hear Siri butcher all the names in my, uh, in my uh, list, that's terrible. Uh, how does Alexa do on that? Um, you know, I don't. I, I have no Alexa in my house, but my only experience is with Siri and it's it's painful. Well, you can fix that. You don't have to have an Alexa. You could just
1: use Lex to get the same. Oh, well, there you go.
2: Maybe I should do that. Yeah. Stop yeah, complaining, right? Stop yeah. complaining. All right, so uh, we can now deploy Micro focus Plate Spin Migrate on aws with their new quick start and the reward for worst
1: product naming announcement ever goes to plate spin this was awful <laughs> micro focus plate spin migrate
0: isn't, isn't plate spin where you just have a bunch of crap in the air just like going around round, around round, you keep have to keep touching it and spinning them so they don't all fall down and smash
2: doesn't that make it feel good about <laughs> your infrastructure yeah yeah and makes it feel fantastic <laughs> AWS key management service increases API requests per second limits.
0: They finally did this like two years ago. Right. I mean, Mm. I'm
1: so glad I can now avoid that outage because the website load on my database increased
2: too high that I couldn't get a key back from the key management system fast enough. This is especially good for me because when I run into API errors on KMS, I often uh, have as a fail safe, uh, delete my data.
0: I took the page from the Microsoft book.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right, you can now restore an encrypted Aurora Postgres database from an unencrypted snapshot.
0: Sneaky. <laughs> I didn't
2: I didn't realize this was a limitation before that again
1: like Chalk this up to things I didn't know because I never had to do it. But it, it seems like a pretty obvious thing that if I have a deployed an encrypted database, that I might want to restore non-encrypted data to it, but encrypt it as I restore. It's, it seems like a pretty no, non, you know, no brainer to me.
0: Yeah, they did the same thing recently with um, with EC2 instances, as well, didn't they? The root volumes you can now de- deploy uh, encrypted or unencrypted root volumes from encrypted or unencrypted snapshots. It's pretty pretty cool.
2: There's a new Python script that makes it easy to get started quickly with. Amazon Elastic
0: Inference. Import Elastic Inference.
1: I I mean, I I guess this is a problem for people somewhere who wants to pay a lot of money for a GPU, but I'm glad it's easy with Python. No, but it's low cost.
2: It's low cost GPU. Uh, That's what the article says. Have you looked at the pricing? It's (laughs) definitely not low cost. (laughs) Great, I love Python. (laughs) I'm surprised this made a, a news announcement. Amazon has released a new Coursera course on building serverless applications. So who's gonna buy Coursera first, Google or Amazon?
1: Both of them have started releasing Coursera courses directly and I'm starting to think there's some type of game going on in the background. And mm. what's gonna to happen to the other's courses when it happens? Right. Well, I mean, Google bought Quick, uh, Quick Labs mm-hmm. and you know they still have really outdated Amazon Labs available to you but uh, hopefully Amazon doesn't let this one get away from them.
0: I've seen some activity on Twitter. People people have used this to uh, go and deploy and build and deploy some serverless apps. That looks uh, pretty cool.
1: Uh, I started doing the SRE course we talked about last week. It's actually pretty good, too. I recommend it.
2: Yeah, I did a Coursera course in the past, and I thought it was pretty decent. And last up, AWS now allows use of resource-level policies for Amazon CloudWatch alarms.
1: So uh, we more tagging to handle security, so I'm sure that makes you super happy, Jonathan.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> grant or deny access based on a tag you're welcome world <laughs> alright who uh, who won the lightning round this week Peter
2: uh, you know I, I, I gotta go with Justin's constant and unyielding consistency across the board on having something to say about every single one
1: I try I mean, they're not always good things to say but
0: no not always good not always good no, Justin gets the, he did the homework. Part. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> if, only, if only you were told in advance that these are in the show. Read. <laughs> At least 24 hours in advance before recording. Uh, do put them in. And to be I fair, just...
2: they're usually in there like six yeah. and a half days in advance. <laughs> There's plenty of <laughs> well, time for us <laughs> to do our homework. All the way time. <laughs>
1: yes, indeed. That's going to wrap it up for this week's exciting episode. Uh, We will be back next week uh, a little bit delayed because Google Next is happening uh, Tuesday and Wednesday and uh, Thursday as well. And so we will record Thursday night to recap what's happening at Google Next uh, and give you the lowdown of what you need to know in the world of Google. So uh, have a great evening, guys, and talk to you next week. Yep. See you. See you then. And that is the week in cloud. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Foghorn Consulting and Audible.com. Subscribe today on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tweet us your feedback at hashtag theCloudPod.